No, hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. My co-hosts for today are Nick, Tom, and Logan for the 40k Spy Center. Nick, hit it with the tunes. Logan, fresh off an actual set. That is an 11 out of 10 production quality. <coughs> I might this have to just, can, you, can you come round with me two sets and do that into the mic? So I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to press the effects. 20 pop. grand every time I do it. Every. I can't, bah, 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 bah. I can't wait to see Nick in Katowice. That's going to be great. What? Where? Katowice, which is where I was doing esports things, not DJ things. Okay, keep well, up, we, come on! Yeah. I knew that. I, I, I fucking fire emoji your, your picture. You look great. You fucking them chest presses are working out really well for you. Is all I'm saying. Uh, but so are those tight shirts. So moves around. <laughs> anyway, hello everyone. Welcome to the show today. We're going to be talking about the Games Workshop event pack. Before we talk about that though, and what that might mean, I'm going to introduce my co-host Nick, Tom, and Logan. Nick, how you doing? Are you well? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty well. Although I was telling you earlier, I've been suffering from hay fever pretty badly. Um, that's not been great. Um, but I played a game of 40k yesterday with the team James Workshop lads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty fantastic. I played against Paul with his Grey Knights. Insanely um, well-painted Grey Knights. And you know what? I felt so good about myself because I fucking smashed his Grey Knights. I smashed someone who hasn't played 40k in a year and is playing Grey Knights with one there's with Marines. Nothing like, there's nothing like so good. battering someone that's got a really <laughs> nicely painted army. Every time they have to take <laughs> off one of, those, one of those beautifully painted miniatures that they have to just take off in handfuls. And he hasn't Love played it. in a year. Yeah. Yeah. I hasn't played in a year, so I, I felt pretty well. fucking good about that win. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. <laughs> well done. I'm glad. All right. More of that later. Uh, Cyphers Blackadder, thanks for resubscribing. And to Deadwoods, thanks for resubscribing. Um, uh, so big love to you. Hello, everyone in the chat for hanging out with us. Loads of love to all of you. Uh, yes, Fish. I also see Jim, Nikki to Williams, Gitley. What up, K-Dread? Uh, Hermanista. Tom, talk to me. How you been? What you been doing? I've been doing a lot of painting, mate. Uh, that's basically <laughs> what I've been up to. Uh, and apart from that, I've been playing a bit of a Witcher 3 when I'm allowed. And uh, that's basically been my entire and, week. And sunbathing, clearly. And sunbathing. I'm a little bit less white than I normally am today, uh, although I'm still pretty so white. Yeah. Off-white. You're, yeah, you're, Sheffield, you're Sheffield tanned. Proper northern, yeah. We don't have sun <laughs> up here. <laughs> no. All right, perfect. Thanks to the Ruskals for donating 69 bits. What up? Nice. Uh, hey, Gorkham Walker. And also, Logan is back here. Hey, Logan, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh the uh, the environment is also killing me today, so I might be a little bit wheezy on the microphone. Um, uh, that pollen, that pollen, yeah, count, eh? It's kicking my asthma in. I get I only get asthma because of hay fever, so That's not fun. First time to have hay fever as well, because now when you go outside and you start sneezing, everyone just assumes. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's great. Always, yeah. That you've got hay fever. Is that what they? No, that that you're no. dying of corona. But, you, but and, you've you know, got you're super spreader. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, thanks to Hamstan for donating a thousand bits to the show. Fuck me, that's crazy. Uh, thanks to is, is that Logo- is that what you get for donating a thousand bits? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean sixty nine bits like Ruskals, and that's all it will take. Uh, and thanks to well, Nogel Matthew for end of, end of the night at um, Rock City. <laughs> hey, based on my experience working there, halfway through the night, if you want to come in my office, all sorts of adventures. Uh, <laughs> 
Thanks to her, Minister. Uh, thanks to Roscoe's again. Thanks for all resubscribing. Right, okay. So, uh, I'm glad you're back, Logan. You've just been, you've been, uh, you've been overseas doing some uh, commentary for Street Fighter, right? Uh, yeah, I was in Poland for uh, the Intel World Open, <laughs> which for some yeah. reason we're, we're doing in Poland, even though the whole thing's online and it's it's just, yeah. They have a studio in Poland, so I had to go there. I'm going back in, I think, about 10 days. Yeah, 26th I'm going back. <laughs> okay. So I'll be All there right. for another three weeks. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I hope you have a great time. Looks like a fun time. Production quality is crazy, man. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it's watching your intro. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of money was spent on those trousers as well let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not quite the same as this luxurious uh office that i'm in um but we have got aircon now i say aircon there's a fan that's there that's uh but you pause i should too i've seen it yeah it's i mean it works it works it, it does uh, even work <laughs> right anyway uh so today's show uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking about the Games Workshop event pack. So Games Workshop have, have launched. Uh, uh, well, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. <coughs> that they're doing their, they're doing a series of events, a series of opens um, mm-hmm. across across America. And um, we thought, obviously, we we kind of talked about it beforehand, uh, and we should uh, talk about it again now that we've seen it in the wild. But before we do that, there's a couple of things I'd like to talk about. Number one, first thing I'd like to bring up is a quick product review. We rarely do this. We rarely do this. I've dropped it in the chat. Logan, I don't know if you've seen this well, yet. This is a pretty special one, isn't it? I don't this think is pretty one. special. We're just going to drop this. Wait, where is this? <laughs> where so is this? It's, in the, it's in the Twitch chat. It's in the Twitch chat. And okay. uh, the, the, kind of, the thing I wanted to talk about was, um, Tom, when you are playing 40K and you've got a wounded model, how do you track its wounds? I put either a D20 or like a D8 or something next to it and then count down, D20. which is a pain when I'm playing D20s Age of is a big no-no for me, Tom. Roll off. Like, I was playing a game the other day. I had 16 wounds on a model, and I kept rolling it around. I found the 19 three times, but I couldn't find the 16, Rob. It was a real pain, and it would have taken time off my chess clock. Well, and, yeah, did, and did the D20 fall over almost constantly? Yes. Yes, it did. Okay, that's why then what is, the, what is the, the purpose of doing the D20? Never do the D20 is what I think. I feel like the solution is to not take any wounds. <laughs> that's what okay. we should do. Okay, yeah. well, that works. That works. Logan, have you looked now at the, uh, your first impression of this product that we might be looking at? Yeah, does it come uh, delivered to your house in a sealed bag? <laughs> the bottom half is black, so you can't see what's yeah, in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah just so, the tip so, is exposed. Just the tip for the podcast, guys and girls. Uh, just shout out to you guys. Thanks for staying hydrated. It's the a woo- plastic slide that looks like a cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. We're not highbrow here. It's the wound wang. It looks like a man's cram. It you, does. You, it's got a cock ring round it that you adjust up and down. <laughs> I'll have you. I'll have you known that that's actually a uh, a wang <laughs> ring. You're, you think that's a regular rubber band? That's actually a Wang ring. It's a highly specialised product. Yeah, this it has is... the correct amount of elasticity. That would never fit around the base of Wang. Wang. This is uh, the Wang wing. Now, uh, this is a, a Kickstarter. <laughs> you guys can all take pet care of, and there are different wound Wang sizes. So they're called wound wangs. Oh, yeah, they uh, they they go from one, three, five. T- you can have a ten wound Wanger. 
Um, and also a 20 all the way, wanger. All the way up to a wanglord. <laughs> all the way up to a wanglord, which is up to 100 wounds available on your, your wanglord. Um, <laughs> now, uh, this is your first time looking at this, Tom and Logan. Me and Nick have already looked at this today. How likely are you to to back the uh, the Wang Lord, uh, and also just the Wound Wangs themselves? The Battle I mean, Wang set, fantastic. <laughs> or or you might want a skirmish Wang set, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I like the company Wang set. I, my Wang likes to be in company, is what I think. Tom, how do you feel about it? Um, yeah, it's definitely useful. I just can't be bothered to make a Kickstarter account so I can back things because I'm far too lazy for such things. You would use the wang, the the wound wax. If, if someone else backed it and then gave it to me, that would be pog. But unfortunately, <laughs> you're hoping that someone else backs it and gives you their wang. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want <laughs> random men on the internet wang. and ladies definitely to send be a you pog their face. wangs. Yes, I want all the wangs in my uh, in my in my uh, yeah, inbox. Yeah, yeah. In please, my inbox. someone clip that 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 out wang of context mix, sentence. That works Good really time. well for me. Uh, I quite like I quite like the arrangement of the War Machine Wang set, which has the two fifty wangs tip to tip. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I remember how this one base. Nice. I'm going to show everyone on the screen. It's just worth <laughs> looking at. The War Machine wag set is flawed. <laughs> uh, now, I know we don't do sponsorship, but I just thought um, most people would like to know that uh, obviously we, we don't make loads of money on this war gamer, but the, what money we do make thanks to Twitch subscriptions and obviously also uh, everyone on Patreon, uh, we, we're very cautious about what we decide to invest it in. Uh, and we have uh, pledged 3,000 of the £3,159 into the Wood Wang. Uh, We've emptied our collective bank accounts because yeah. we're betting heavy on this product. Yeah, Nick said it was a useless idea, but it's better than a D20, Tom. I mean, yeah, but for £3,000, I could probably <laughs> kind of Yu-Gi-Oh-style fucking astral projection directly into my fucking model, but okay. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough talking about the wound wings. I just thought it'd be fun to talk about initially. Obviously, we've not invested anything in the wound wings. I think Although it sets it... the tone perfectly of the podcast. It does. Yep. It does. That's what we were aiming for. Uh, thanks to Bleen, uh, Blenzeb uh, for resubscribing. Appreciate you. Uh, right, okay. So, um, straight on with the, the, the story of the day, I guess, is the way to talk about it. Is Games Workshop have announced um, their series of events for 40k. Uh, and Age of Sigmar, of course, and uh, they've put out um, some packs, and there are some kind of core points. They put out their tournament pack, and there are some tour points in these, uh, key points, sorry, in these that we probably should talk about, or might be worth discussing. Um, uh, like, uh, Logan, you had a point you maybe wanted to kick us off with first? Oh, no. <laughs> so, I couldn't if that was a free spray. <laughs> so I, I only play Marines, right? Um, uh -huh. For years... We've been oppressed. <laughs> We've been oppressed by unreasonable demands by Games Workshop, which is if I want to make every year. if I want to absolutely maximize my list and run perhaps two detachments of different chapters, as was actually useful a couple of years ago. Well Games Workshop would tell me, you know what, if you want to do that, you have to paint each detachment in its own colour scheme. So that people that have double-digit IQs are able to differentiate 
between the models because otherwise they wouldn't be able to do that. It would be impossible. Um, and for years, you know, I wasn't really able to to make the most of my Blood Angels slash Space Wolf, you know, um, list because if I wanted to sort of move models around, they'd have to. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd effectively have to paint two lots of of my collection. Well, guess what? All of you fuckers have to do that now as well. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, if if you are running multiple factions, sub factions within a, a larger faction. So say for example, here's an example: Mars and Lucius. That might happen, mightn't mm -hmm. it? In Adnick. Yeah. Well, guess what? You got to paint them different colors. Mm -hmm. What if what if I have uh, custom forge worlds which use Mars as their parent forge world? And both of my custom forge worlds just look almost identical, but very slight They'd minor variations. They'd have to be like different, slightly different helmet. as per the rules pack. Uh -huh. Otherwise, simple, simple Jack over here, I, w I wouldn't know. It would be too much for me to, to work out in the game. It'd so be... they need to be noticeably different. Yeah. It would Sorry, be guys. too difficult for me to understand, actually. Fucking <laughs> Fucking so what Logan is obviously saying is that um, if you're using any models, basically, they have to be painted in the paint scheme of the sub-faction, not just the army that they're from. They don't have to be in the specific paint scheme, but they have okay. to be in a different paint scheme yeah. if you have multiple detachments within the same army. Yeah. So you can't just turn up with your loads of Dark Eldar yeah. Or your loads of even Death Guard because people were running, you know, Ferryman and Mortarian's Anvil. Well, guess what? They've got to be painted differently as well. Sorry, but the example they did give was um, <coughs> was Tyranids, wasn't it? So yeah. you need to have specifically diff mm. different paint schemes for your different detachments if you want to run Cronus and whatever the fucking other one is. I wouldn't like maybe it's this a is massive just me. fucking ball lake. Yeah, it's an like... enormous ball lake. And I'm so glad that everyone else now has to suffer. Excellent. Just in time for Marines not to want a soup as well. <laughs> what I also really like is almost all the Admech armies in the world are red. Yeah, and Lucius is now OP. Like, <laughs> what color is Lucius? Like made here, mate, in having yeah. a model bank where you just lend out like your models, but you do it for a fee. So if someone needs like a, a, an Admech detachment, why don't you just paint a blue one? And then suddenly, oh, crap, it, I could repaint all my Admech, or half of it, or I could just pay this guy to lend me a bunch of models. Oh, uh, bank. Yeah, uh, get a now, deposit. Yeah. Uh, get a two jars for resubscribing. I think the, the key point here is, uh, will it be enforced? I guess is kind of the, the, the key point. Yes! You think so? Part. It will be enforced just as much as the other thing that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Okay. That means that you're never allowed to play at a Games Workshop event again. Well, they don't allow sexy motherfuckers to go. I didn't read that. Yes. That That's why I've that not back. been for years. <laughs> Twitch was <laughs> sexy. Twitch, Twitch stops you banning sexy. So Games Workshop can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's in the eye of the beholder, I think is what it is. Uh, okay. All right, Nick, how do you feel about this? Uh, so You always do custom paint schemes. And Nick, I, I played against Nick's Marines, which have been loyal, chaos, 18 different fucking legions at different points. Um, all manner of things. I've seen a guy that's been uh, a yeah. winged blood angel fella, and then the next week he was a demon prince. All, all manner mm. of things. I was mm. able to 
somehow comprehend it. I, I don't know how I managed it, but like I just have been must have been taking Jim Vessel's Ritalin that day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Well, so I, I, yeah, yeah, I ran my old Bronze Marines as everything under the sun, but I mostly only ran them as <laughs> one thing in any one army list. So yeah. if I ran uh, them as like Renegade Chaos Marines, all my Bronze Marines Fine. were Renegade Chaos Marines, and then I had a small detachment of Thousand Sun Sorcerers who were painted red. Fine. So it was very obvious. There was only one tournament I was ever going to go to where I was going to have three different detachments of three different Marine chapters. And I was going to use loom bands around the bottom of their base to denote the different chapters. But that tournament got cancelled because of COVID. You, um, so I never quite did that. Would you, in the future, think about using loom bands or wang bands? So they've specifically said you can't use wang bands, loom bands, or <laughs> cock rings, or condoms on top of your miniatures. What about wrappers? You can't use wrappers. You can't paint the, the base rims. There's no rim jobs allowed. Oh, um, fuck. I, I like rimming, so... Yeah, yeah. there's... You Black rims some... only, I'm afraid. I uh, I had all of my grots. I had... You know, when mech guns were in eighth and they all could screen for the for your actual mech guns, I had to I had to rib each one a different colour, and it was a fucking travesty. So <laughs> many, like, yeah. so many. You I was like, oh, just no. Converted to the... mech guns, mate. You know, huh? you'd have been fun. You should have just converted to mech guns out of whatever random shit you had in the garage. You know, I've done it. <laughs> 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 on Twitter for it. Yes, I would have had loads of flack for that. Well, okay. Um, so, we but I, I, I'm not. I can't I'm, see I'm not personally upset necessarily about this one. Um, okay. Because I think most the direction of travel for most army lists. I well, I think what Games Workshop are trying to achieve is the direction of travel for most army lists is more mono faction anyway. Yeah. What do you think the intent is though? Like, if I'm playing. My army is painted as Riser, let's say, for Mechanicum. But yeah. I play them with all the rules of Lucius. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. It's only yeah. if I mix detachments. Yeah. Not so okay. you can yeah. easily tell which thing is in which detachment if the detachments have different rules, which I think is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's not too much of a drama. No, I think it just makes your gaming, it makes your gaming experience. <laughs> it's a drama if you run a. F so basically, most of these ninth edition books are coming out now with what are effectively chapter rules, right, or um, clan rules. Uh, we saw it in Thousand Sons, Death Guard, Drakari. We've seen it in all of them now so far. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of the strongest builds involve souping those different factions together within one faction. So yeah, you are mono faction, so you're not losing your super doctrine bonuses detachment bonuses but what you are doing is you're taking different sub-faction benefits within the codex and the, the most obvious one at the moment currently with the new books is the admit with lucius and mars so you will have to paint your lucius and mars um models differently so that they're notably yeah. different I which think is <laughs> which was, which never had to happen before because you had it with tau you had it with orcs you had it with tyranids where it was just, yeah, this is a, a detachment of this, detachment of that, and they've all got different rules, and they didn't really care. They only really cared about it for marine chapters. But now, all of you fuckers have to care about it as well, and I'm very happy. <laughs> well, like, like Jim said in the chat, um, uh, they said, though, you can't run ultramarines as, say, white scars. Yeah, so which, is, which is why you should all just have a homebrew chapter, which is what I decided last year, which is why all of my marines are painted in just a made-up 
made up. What is your made up scheme? What is your made up scheme? Oh, that's nice. Color and red. Bone, bone and dark red with black trim. Nice. Very nice. Okay. That was good. Well, all right. Well, yeah, same. <laughs> mine's mine's just silk, like fucking gunmetal uh, highlighted driver. Because <laughs> what uh, I used to like doing was just I, I'm, I was mad keen on flesh terrors, right? So flesh terrors have always had, always had shit rules, but they've got amazing law. So I just throw together models, paint them as flesh terrors. And like, yeah, they're they're grey hunters. They're wolf guard. They're what you know. It's cool. You can't do that now, obviously, because flesh terrors actually have rules. So now you actually have to create your own chapter if you wanna if you wanna meta hop between chapters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah but I, I don't like... think they apply that to the sub factions in other, like, like like your example with my stuff's painted as Mars. Can I use it as Lucius? I don't think they're as tight with that. I also don't think that they'll be that tight with it. Actually, like I, I would be personally check. going to every event on my own dollar, um, enforcing this myself. Actually, well, some so sort of vigilante chapter police. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll be going around with a notebook uh, and taking and and grassing everybody up <laughs> with a Twitter account. Chapters of chapters exposed or something is your Twitter account. <laughs> just exactly. Something like Warhammer <laughs> players taking L's and it's just like Logan going. <laughs> it's, just me, it's just me. It's just me scooping armies. half your army off the table. Get the fuck yeah. off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, so, I, I mean, like, so, that comment saying in the chat is a good point. Obviously, we've got some really relevant experience of this, Nick and Tom. So, for the first time, for the first time ever, Nick and Tom, our experiences of Warhammer World events are relevant to other people in the world. Instead of people being like, you fucking schmucks, I can't believe you went there, what's wrong with you? It's finally relevant for us. So, I played at a Warhammer World event where... You won't know this, but there's a thing called a mega boss or more crusher. So an orc on top of a, a more crusher. The difference is that the between... big looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the difference between the non-named version and the named version is a slightly different head on the more crusher and a one different weapon on the guy on top. But... I thought there wasn't WYSIWYG in Age of Sigma like written 40k. Uh, yeah, there is. There is. Oh, fuck. So this guy with a spear can't have, like, a big fucking axe Don't worry, none of us give a fuck. Like, okay. none of us give a fuck. We're not, like, full of, like, like mil military historical reenactments. I'll be there, Tom. I'll be there, Tom. <laughs> oh, fuck. You painted the tunic the wrong colour. You painted the tunic of those fucking... <laughs> yeah, Luke, get it off. Logan at Age of Sigmar event would be great. Be like, what are all these oh, fucking fuck. wizards doing? <laughs> that is the wrong shade of grey on your Panzer tanks, Tom. Get them off the table. Oh, now. It's disgraceful. <laughs> Anyway, at a Warhammer World event, uh, they made a guy change it. And again, I can't begin yeah. to describe to you. If I was to show you the difference between those two models, you would find it ludicrous. But they, they were like, oh, you can't use him. That's Godrak. And like the guy was like, come on. Come on. It's on. Come on, man. It's on, come on, man. Uh, but come they on. made him change it and take it off. So um, I don't think that they're actually going to do that at <coughs> these events. Though. I think that they're going to be really, really, really lightly handed. But can they afford to be? Can they like? Can they not set a precedent? I think they can do whatever the fuck they like because the tickets are selling like hotcakes. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, oh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But what I mean is, is for the uh, the visuals, the what's the word? The optics. Nailed it. Thank you. How the it looks. Optics. On yeah. What yeah. do you think? Mm. Um, 
I don't think they give a fuck about the optics, to be honest with you, because it'll be the same thing as when you turn up with your 3D printer and goes, brrr, conversions that get pulled off the table as well. well I so mean, they might... Yeah. yeah, I mean, they might... They might not be as... They might not be as um, tight on it when you're not playing on one of the top tables or what have you, but, yeah, I think they'll be... Yeah, I feel like they're in a position now where they're, they're, they're so successful and they've got such a player base now where if if you don't want to go because you haven't painted this or that or your army they, they'll sell the ticket to someone else and there's you know there's umpteen people you know how you know how long the waiting lists are for independent events mm-hmm. so imagine how long the waiting lists are for games workshop promoted events yeah which reach think- hundreds of thousands of people do you think games workshop could go into Times square shoot someone and people would still go to their events <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. Well, the next subject you've raised already, uh, so uh, I think that's the next point I want to talk about. Obviously, um, they've said. I think what's the exact wording? I'm trying to find the exact wording. But it's... The exact pack over here. One second. I just get past all these wound wang. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up and enough. check out, Rob. Uh, the <laughs> the important part is. Um, that, that, you, that there's a, a limited amount of conversions available and you have to get them checked. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> uh, no third-party pieces and um, uh, no third-party pieces and obviously no 3D printed stuff at all. I, I feel like this is just and a case no of... World lookalikes. Yeah, no is... Forge World lookalikes. Yeah, yeah it's just a case of protecting your IP. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think this is a massive deal either, to be honest. Like, Okay. No. I mean, we what discussed this before, didn't we? Sorry, go on, Nick. Let me give... uh, no, yeah, it's just like just what Tom said. Like, I can I can understand them putting that in their events. Like, I can <laughs> totally understand that being in place at Warhammer World and Games Workshop events. I've not got an issue with that really at all. That's totally understandable. Oh, yeah, uh, the only issue will come is if other tournaments bring that in. I don't see it happening unless you're a Games Workshop affiliated tournament like the ITC ones. Maybe they might bring it in. Um, uh, sorry, the F1 and game ones. Um, but I can't really see anyone and anyone apart from Games Workshop ones bringing it in, really. Okay, Lo, so, what do you think? Yeah, so we discussed this when we were talking about the 3D printing on the show a couple months ago, right? Yeah, um, and uh, bringing in a Games Workshop tournament circuit, and we predicted it would happen anyway, where you know they already don't allow third party models on the stream tables, um, and I. As, as Tom said, it's protecting the IP. It, it, they don't want to advertise that you can use alternatives to their product line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's To be honest with you, it's poor business. I very much doubt they make any money from running these tournaments. So um, they want to use these tournaments to advertise, yep. you know, the hobby, <coughs> buy more miniatures. And if, you know, someone turns up and they've got an entirely 3D printed Space Marine army of... Blade Guard veterans that are, you know, space walls and they've all got like cool stuff on or whatever. Where did you get those? Oh, you know, I'll send you the STL. Like, it's not, it's not a good look for them. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I feel like what it will do is, um, <clears throat> you know, probably see an upturn in independent events, which well, is so, good for everybody. So I actually am hugely enthusiastic about this because I think everything you've said, Logan, Nick, and Tom is 100% on. 
Like, why would they want to advertise the fact that you can do other things at all in the hobby? I will take umbrage a little bit uh, with what you said, Logan. Is they said advertise? They don't want to, um, uh, like, they don't want to advertise the hobby specifically. I think that there's a distinction between the hobby wholesale and Games Workshop themselves. Yeah, because oh, the Games Workshop actually, hobby. The hobby yeah. is a term that is defined by Games Workshop in this instance. You know, like yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, <coughs> I actually think that it's uh, it's a fucking wicked thing. Like, but not for why maybe they think it might be. Because mm. I love that. Because it allows <laughs> it allows them to just be like, no, Games Workshop stuff only. Like, super cool. And it allows all the other events to be like, bring your models here. Like, you've got like an awesome... Only non-Games like, Workshop ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got an awesome set of like, looks like Tyranids, but like someone's just done different designs. Yeah, you get to paint them up. Like, the money is mental. I was running the numbers in my head today. For like an average like 40k army, Age of Sigmar army, it's like four to six hundred pounds change that into your own local conversion. In 3D printing terms, that's two, maybe three armies worth of stuff. Yeah, like which is just bananas. Like Games Workshop is spending three, four hundred pounds per table at like RRP to build a set of terrain. Independent people can do it for like eighty. Yeah, like mm. they can they can drop that dice that, that down. Four <laughs> For the same quality slash different designs. And that's the, they're a behemoth that are like just chundering along. And they're going to, they're going to sweep everything up along with them. But on those fringe cases, you're going to get so much more creativity. And it's actually really, really nice that they're doing that. Like, but they're not for the reason that they think it is. And I think for all the reasons that you've said they need to. But actually, if I was them, I'd probably try and be a little bit more inclusive because I'd just be like, Let's encourage people to do these different things. And instead, you'll have a group of people who are just like, I'll never paint my army differently or do any extra creativity. Mm. Like, I must be Games Workshop only ever. There'll be that group. Mm. And then eventually, in 10 years, there'll be the, of course, I always 3D print shit. Like, or I, or I add my little like custom shoulder pads or I do my different shields because they look awesome. And those will be very different groups. And I think that that's really good because one group is quick, reactive, more efficient with their money and more creative and the other one is like i will just follow the rules well not even the rules i'll just like i'll do this thing and actually i think that that's a nice way to divide the community in some ways not that i'm intentionally looking for the division but what i mean is is that there'll be does that make sense like i think that you'll end up with more creative events because mm -hmm. of it and i think that's a positive because yeah. then you have you have one or the other you have like I'm definitely only sticking with Games Workshop stuff, which means that they'll like only do that. Or you'll have other events where people are a little bit more creative. The only the only thing I'm fearful of is if they start rolling in larger independent events into a Games Workshop tour circuit, and then they're forced to adopt those. So if you have like your yeah. Novas and LVOs and ACOs and Bay Area Opens and those sort of things that happen in America and then all the, the cool things that happen in <coughs> Europe and the UK mm. getting rolled into, I don't even know what UK events are about these days other than Zachary's um, Travelling yeah. Roadshow. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. The, um, oh. my, my only fear is that the events that might have a lot more freedom would then sort of align themselves with that, that train, that, 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 that rolling thunder train that's, that the Games Workshop is just trundling along 
and they just hitch themselves along to it and there's just no room for any movement at all. Um, because I think for for the super competitive players, they're just going to do what they need to do so they can just keep going to the events and using what they need to use. And I've already seen, rather than using 3D printed stuff, um, a lot of people were trying to run Jukari and they're using um, Daughters of... <coughs> is it Daughters of Cain? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the half snake ladies as sliths for Court of the Archon. Mm. So that's fine because it's within the same within the same company. Games Workshop will be fine with that. So, you know, people find solutions. We've always found solutions, but I just hope that it doesn't become a completely homogenized circuit in which you, you're forced to do this because it's it's always fun like coming up against a someone that's got like a funky kind of army that you've never seen before yeah yeah like, I, I just want to just want to get down very very quickly because i want to i don't think there's anything wrong with either of those approaches right like you can still use 30 party third party stuff at events if you want to but i i, I want to kind of i think it'd be easy to interpret that as there's one side who are prudent with their money and creative and there's another side who are stuck to the teeter games workshop and i don't think that's necessarily true mm. i think there's a lot of room for creativity with just games workshop stuff anyway or even not 100%. just games yeah, workshop but stuff like can i finish yeah. a point because everyone else has and i'd like to get mine in because let's i went to blood and glory last year and i saw a bunch of stuff specifically with um the uh, best painted awards right for the age of sigmar event and you had these incredible terrain pieces where people were using like third-party uh, hobby supplies such as water effects and what have you. You had stuff with steam coming out the tops. You often see things at Games Workshop events at Warhammer World where people are using third-party bases. I don't think this is necessarily an attempt to try and stifle creativity. I think it's just a case of just try. I genuinely think it is just trying to protect your IP, not even just for the purpose of advertising. I think it's just trying to not encourage the IP theft, which I think we can all agree is bad. But I don't think so. Like the I, I, I see. I, I think conflating it with IP theft. I think doing a different shoulder pad for an intercessor that no one else does. Oh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, but I don't like, think I'm punishing I, that. Yeah, I can't see anyone getting pulled up for that because how do you enforce that? It's really, really difficult to yeah. go. Is that shoulder pad? Oh, no. yeah. But I, I, what they have to do is they have to create this blanket term, which means you can't 3D yeah. print an entire model that looks exactly like our IP that someone has slapped the the thing up. There's, in reality, there's a world of difference between that and someone who's gone and done a bunch of chainsaws or something, or <clears throat> you know, shoulder pads, which is the easiest example to use. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that happening. It's just the next, the next, it's the next step along like the chapter house kind of thing. And they need to, yeah. whilst they can't really stop people putting those designs up, yeah. it's very difficult. They can stop you from using them at their own events, and I would expect them to stop you using wholesale. Yeah. And, and and as Tom said, I can't. Imagine Games Workshop can stop people from adding yeah. little touches, little conversions. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you could literally go and watch um, old VODs from like Warhammer TV of people playing on the stream and using like micro art studio bases. Yeah. Well, so it's like that. someone's point in the chat. So, Tom, like your point about like, and Logan, your point, like you can get creative inside the hobby, for instance, using a Daughters of Cain and Melisai as a slith hmm. is a good point. But also, there are other snake lady models, like, and I understand where they're at. Like, but you know, like anyway, I think I think uh, I think we've explored it uh, plenty, and I think what someone else is saying in the chat, um, a bristle bar, uh, a bristle art, sorry, is also making a really good point. Like those creature caster models, like um, I, I don't know if triple keepers is still a list, um, uh, but like friend of the show Vince from Warhammer Weekly, he's got like 
two keepers from Games Workshop, and then he's got a creature caster keeper. So each one of his keepers is like very different and distinct. And actually, I think that there's like some real room, at least in the hobby, to do that. Like, is yeah. all I'm trying to say. Like, I think if you're spending your money, like maybe you do want <coughs> just three identical Bloodthirsters, or maybe you want two mm. Bloodthirsters from Games Workshop and a Bloodthirster well, I, from someone else. I still else. follow. Um... I still follow uh, the Long War guys because I just enjoy the hobby side of stuff that they do in next level painting. And Kenny Boucher is always painting like really cool, quirky alternative models, be it like orcs, marines, the big monster stuff. Like there's so many options for big monsters, uh, especially demon models out there. And a lot of them look absolutely incredible. But <clears throat> I'm not surprised that Games Workshop wouldn't want you turning up to their event with an incredible model for another company. Yeah, of course. Because... You know? Yeah, why would they? Yeah, like I, I think it's, I think it's like a hundred percent set in standard. Like, like, fair play to them. Of course, that's the right decision for them as a business and all the other ideas. Like, I got no qualms with it. What, I, like, it doesn't bother me at all. What I think it's great for is the independent scene. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I think there's a positive out of it. It's a positive for Games Workshop. They get to just enforce their own rules, which is cool. Thumb, big thumb. Yeah, like, do your shit, be your people. That's fine. Um, and I think, like, then for the rest of the hobby, which is still pretty broad, you've got loads of independent events where you can just fuck about. And I think that's wicked. Because I would, I would be more interested, probably, in going to an independent event because of that, right? Like, the idea of playing against a creature <coughs> caster Keeper of Secrets would just be like, look awesome. And I'm not saying it's more creative. Not saying that, because obviously there are some mm. stunning armies that are just the ba basic plastic kits built and painted. Of course there are. But it also means that there is opportunity for some more creativity. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you can say one of the is more. Well, you can't say one or the other is definitely it, it, more creative than the other. But I think there's more room for creativity outside of a games worship event because there because you have every miniature ever available to you. Yeah. Whereas games worship ones, you just have the games workshop miniatures. In, in some ways, true creativity often shines upon restrictions. Right. I don't know if you guys remember yes. Strap Heap Challenge. <laughs> yeah could you explain it to the audience though please so scrap heap challenge was a rigged show on channel four where basically two teams were apparently dumped in a scrapyard and would have to you build have an issue like... with scrap heap challenge that i don't know i mean about. it's just it's as rigged a... it's just as rigged as bargain hunt is by the way i'm sorry to spoil that for everybody so you're about to tell but... me the bake-off is rigged now and i'll be livid i have nothing, I have nothing on the bake-off um basically <laughs> two teams get dumped in a scrapyard and they've got to build a uh a machine to do a certain task like let's say drive 100 meters and lift as many cars as possible and whichever vehicle does the best job of doing that wins right but they've got to go around the scrapyard finding items that always just happens to be a working engine somewhere um to allow them to build this thing right and that's creative because they've got the limitation of what they can find in a scrapyard mm -hmm. whereas if you just got all things like possible you know but if you could just have anything you wanted I mean, it's still creative, right? Because you've got to, it's basically about what you pick rather than about how you're going to use this in a way that makes it look really, really good or makes it really, really effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and, 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 and I'm with you. Also, by the way, Somtworks' dad, who's in the chat, was a judge on Scrap Heap Challenge. Boom, there you go. That's good. Uh, and I think also he needs to explain where all the engines came from. <laughs> <laughs> He's just exposed them in the chat now. Yeah, you just exposed them. Uh, I think what uh, Yes Me Ball says. I'm painting a uh, stone horn. 
I think what Yes Mate Balls is saying in the chat is the more restrictive Games Workshop get, the more anti-capitalist revolutionaries will be on the independent scene. Big win, in my opinion. Yes, comrade. Yes, yeah. comrade. <laughs> hey, comrade in the chat. Can we enable that, actually? Uh, thanks, to, thanks to Guy Zidey, by the way, for resubscribing. I saw that earlier. Um, uh, <laughs> you're a super li- lovely guy. Big love to you. Uh, but yeah, like, anyway, I think we've talked about that enough, but I actually see it as a positive. I, like We've talked about this already. We talked about it before. They're 100% going to lock down. I'm sure maybe at some point FLG will adopt that as well. And maybe other large-scale events, when they suck at the teat, are going to be a part of that. They'll make the deal with the devil. Not that Games Workshop's a devil, but like they'll make that deal, and that's good, because I think that makes the independent scene more vibrant. It gives it a USP. Whereas the independent scene previously... Well, I mean, in, in 40k terms in England, it was the better tournaments, right? And probably also... Our USP was we had FAQs back in the day, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good FAQ. Like, Nick, you've been to Warhammer World events and independent events, like, in the UK. What, what was the independent scenes USP compared to the Warhammer World events at that time? Um, the people running it actually <laughs> cared that they were about the event they were running. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm saying that the people really didn't care, but they're obviously more invested in it as a product. Because I've been to some Warhammer World tournaments, and you, know, you ask someone who's organising, and they're you know, they're just doing their day job. Like you can't blame them for not, you know, uh, whatever. Like someone who's running an independent event, it's their baby. They're obviously going to be more passionate and put more energy into it, and things like that. But um, uh, like different terrain. Like independent terrain from different companies, stuff like that, and yeah, and seeing all sorts of weird and wacky armies and stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite moments of seeing who someone uh, at, so at an independent event that I've been to, where I took a not completely non Games Workshop army, and I saw someone who is very radicalized by Games Workshop have a have a involuntary uh, disgust reaction at my army. So. I took an event. I took one of my armies to uh, Warhammer Achievements events at one of the Blood and Glories, which is a narrative-based event. It's a fun, just silly event where you just take a stupid army and do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took an army which was half Ramshackle games, half Battleforge miniatures, and then a third. Some the legs were sculpted by me. So three sculptors, three different sculptors worked on this army, and I I made like a a hot air balloon out of a light bulb uh, with a little. Uh, uh, a barrel f- hanging off it as like a flying contraption thing. Uh, so it was all games, non-games workshop. And that army won best painted at that event. So it was a nice army. I won best mm. painted. So it wasn't like a pile of shit that I put together. And I saw a games workshop staff member wandering around looking at all the armies. And I, I watched him as he went past my, my, my army on the table. And he like, he like looked at it. He double taped and he just sort of like physically repelled at it. And like, oh, like, oh, oh. <laughs> What is this non-games workshop army of miniatures? Oh, it's disgusting. That that made my day. So. I, That's great. I think the, the implication specifically uh, recently, but I, I know you didn't say this, Nekos, but I wanted to clarify anyway because I mean it's something I'm I'm quite conscious of recently, especially after I had did that show of Rob a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but um, GW don't care about the tournament. It's it's definitely a red herring bow because i think over the last few years specifically with regards to improvements in terrain the fact that this pack even exists is evidence that they clearly do care and they are looking to improve their events i mean and the fact that they hired mike all, brent in so, the first place well I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying they don't care about but oh. i've been to some games workshop tournaments where the dude on the microphone has had this much enthusiasm 
Hi, oh, welcome to Warhammer World. Are you guys excited to play? <laughs> I should get Nikos on it. All right, round do... one starting. Uh, All your numbers voice. are on the projector. Your number, uh, number one and number 12 are on table 13. Off you go. Man, I think Games Workshop clearly uh, have very, very different priorities in their Warhammer World events than any of us at independent events. I think that's the, that's the big thing, right? They've just got very, very different priorities from all, like, all the way down to like just the way that they do pairings at those events, which means that they're not remotely <coughs> competitive events because it's random pairings every round. So, yeah, yeah they just so it was they have very different goals. And that was ever since Franco in 2013. That was hilarious. Um, but the heats that they're doing now, uh, they, mm. they're not random pairings. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Heats oh, haven't run events for fucking two years, mate. We've all been shut. Well, I mean, no one's run events because of pandemic. We've but... all been shut, mate. America apart from first. Florida and Texas yeah, and Australia, of, of course. Yeah. Where's the uh, and is the other one in New Mexico? The one of these three events. New Orleans. So, that's, so Louisiana, uh, Texas, and Florida, which all okay, don't yeah. like COVID doesn't exist in any of those states. So that's why. <coughs> Super true. Super yeah. true. Too much uh, Right. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, right. So the the point is the point is anyway like um I think I think I think having been to lots of games social events I think Nick's point is a hundred percent and Tom you're right like the the existence of this pack is at least a, a step forward for them but and this is true like I think that for us three at least or at least for me and Nick maybe I don't want to speak for anyone um they do have to like pull out and obviously we won't be going to these because these are in America this year but like at future events we would hope to see more of these things um uh like we would like you would need to convince me compared to how it was previously you need to you need to convince me that this is going to be something that's more large scale and more serious than the ones before oh, however for examples by the way uh, of things that have improved Ma the fact that mats are now a thing in warhammer world yeah yeah there's another thing uh, I think it's fuck me, those realm of battle boards are terrible. When they? we went to the last heat, there was clearly a concerted effort with terrain to have uniform boards. There may not have been enough of terrain necessarily, but it was definitely an improvement of what we saw beforehand. There was always stuff to hide in your deployment zone, right? Hey, even if it wasn't very much. So yeah, but like, well, there are mats, we're sure. But yeah. the most important thing that you can get from these events, and there's no way I'm letting anyone get away with us not talking about this, is the fucking merch. And oh my god, what's this? The t shirts are. I don't know what I want more a Games Workshop event t shirt or a Wound Wang. I, I, mm. I was there. When the Wound Wang <laughs> <laughs> attacked. <laughs> what did everyone think of, the, uh, of this, this particular. Is the first I've seen, this is the first I've seen these. I, I haven't seen these before. They're fucking okay. terrible, aren't they? There's nothing on them. There's text on them. Yeah, that's it's a pretty lazy crazy. design, right? Put a uh, fucking awesome piece of artwork. Like a, make it like a Games Day Golden Demon shirt, yeah. at least with an amazing piece of artwork on the front. Is is that a carry sack of shit? Standard Games Workshop. <laughs> all the other stuff you can buy at Warhammer World. So the dice tray, the big carry oh, case. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all Warhammer World shit. Which obviously you can't buy in America. I tell you what, though, we're still lucky because there's still stuff you can't buy in America, such as. Premium. <gasps> I'd never take it, guys. Suck it, America. Tom's got some. <laughs> it. Suck it, nerds. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, so I think the, these particular T-shirts are not good, is what I'm trying to get at. They look, yeah, thumb down. Thumb yes. down. Sorry, I was distracted. Because the, dice, because the dice is transparent, I now actually can't find it. Brilliant. brilliant, brilliant <laughs> this, is, this is what everyone wants to uh, hear. This is... Uh... <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> Losing dice bets, and we're not even having dice bets. So the other thing is that they've shown off some terrain. Um, and the terrain does look, I guess, a tad light would be kind of the, the there's been some terrain layout shown. So I'm going to show those on the screen right now. How do you guys feel about the terrain layouts? What have you like, like the look of or do you not like the look of? You got any thoughts on this? Uh, I'm going to go immediately on these because uh, I, I feel like the idea that these are light often comes from the perception based on the boards have been previously playing on, right? Yeah. So I've been playing on WTC boards and they are dense as fuck, okay? We're talking like 12 ruins. Um, in this one, if you, if you wheel it all the way back and you think, what exactly do you want a board to do? Well, do you have places to hide turn one? Yes, you do in every deployment zone. Do you have ways to actually get around and shoot things too, though? Yeah, you do. Which I think is why people think that they're light, because if you have like let's say a sixteen-inch move, um, if you're on the right-hand board, you can move up the, like the sides and try and shoot, or if you're on the middle, left-hand board, you can maybe move up the center, right? But you, just because you're not going to be able to hide everything doesn't mean it's necessarily light. It just means that because in a way, having a game where you physically can't ever shoot anything without ignores line of sight is just as oppressive as having a game where you can yeah. shoot everything because it's physically fucking planet bowling ball. Okay, okay, fair points. Fair point. So you think that the terrain is an improvement over what is considered the standard at the moment? Where I think at? singles, it's fine. I think if it becomes more dense, people cry and say they can't play in big-based models. Mm. So, like, so by fine, it is an improvement or it's just a difference? An improvement for me, I think it's entirely acceptable for solos. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, can fit, you can fit knights through there. Um, I see Mike Brent already speak about that. The space is big enough to fit knights through every gap. Yep. Um... If you're deploying in the corners, um, turn you don't start the game having any line of sight to anything. I don't think because it's all obscuring and every from it how it looks, every line is blocked. If you want to deploy that way, you can do. So that's great. It means you don't get blown off the table turn one. Also, there's there's killing lanes on there, which is very very important. Otherwise, you end up with like the the early WTC. TTS meta, which is just bum rushing people with assault armies and hopping from wall to wall. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so there's killing lanes on there as well. So there's, there's a nail in the chat saying my issue isn't that they're light; it's just they're super, super skewed towards fast infantry. I mean, I, I think my counter that would be the entire game is super skewed mm. towards fast infantry. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough uh, crate style stuff in there. Like, so I mean, like I would like to see some impact, like a like one or two, like maybe two impassable bits in there. Um, and I think if we're looking at, if I'm looking at it super critically, like they've got some dense and difficult terrain, but it's always around the edge, rather than you know a little bit in the middle or whatever like that. So they're not all. They they're very rarely going to be relevant. I mean, how often do you have two units mm. right on the edge of a table shooting at each other? Really. Um, retributors, and that's about it. Mm. <laughs> so, you, so you, about but like, I mean, uh, huge positives to talk about is that they've released an, <laughs> a, a terrain pack at all. Mm. Is yeah. that Games Workshop themselves have at least set a standard for terrain packs, whether or not it's like good or bad. 
a huge positive is that there is something to build towards. Like if you're a kid now at home, yeah, and you're like, I'm going to buy some Games Workshop stuff or 3D print something, you can now be like, I can replicate that at home and I can play like I'm playing at one of their tournaments. Or if you're a very serious player, you've got something to practice on as well. Like it works top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. And I'm not, expecting, I'm not expecting them to get it perfect first time out. But if no. I showed up at a tournament and I saw that table and I had to play on either of those two tables, I'm not going to go home and think, fucking hell, the terrain was shit at this tournament and, and, and go on the internet and moan about it. Sure, there might be room for improvement, but you need to play on it and yeah. and give feedback. But as a, as a opening point, it's fine for me. Yeah. So, so the fact that we actually have these things as well, right, is is massive because we've been crying out for this for a while and we've done it. Good. Good it's shit. True. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, whether or not, like, I mean, it's interesting because it might define the matter. And what I find most interesting, I'm going to kind of throw this out to you, Nick. I'll start with you. Do you think that what you'll see is events? So you now have a couple of terrain sets, right? You've got FLG terrain set, which I think had some problems at ACO from what we're hearing. Yeah, you've obviously got the WTC terrain set and maps and guides. You've got the well, you've got the LGT terrain set as well. And then you've got the Games Workshop terrain set. So do you think people will start to generally just fall in line with the Games Workshop terrain as is? Or do you think that there'll be more like America or generally more follow the FLG ITC stuff, and then Europe will follow the WTC stuff. Or like, what do you think? And I think on average, it. most people will go towards the Games Workshop thing, just because uh, that tends to be what happens in the community. I think, unless you're a specific group like the WTC, tend to do their own thing because they they run their own very specific events. Um, whereas I think most other people will generally follow what Games Workshop recommend. Uh, so yeah, I think they'll gravitate more towards the Games Workshop one, if anything. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you think? My, one, my one question oh, on. about oh, the Games Workshop terrain is, uh, and like, I don't know, so objectives, is it in the rules that a terrain can't be near an objective, or is that yes. not a thing? You can't, you can't have terrain on top of an objective. On top of an objective, so like... So that's why they have the two different ones, so that there's placements. Oh, okay, so there's, yeah, you can always... Okay, you can always... <laughs> Because there's no one, there's no one terrain layout that will work for every mission. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, you have to move them around in between. That's going to be the key point. You have to move it all around. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Uh, about objective placements. No. I think I th the, the long question I asked Nick, which I said I'd ask you all about about uh, like so if you were going to build a board of terrain at home. Oh now, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. I think I probably copy the GW one just because I don't think WTC is necessarily. Um, it, 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 if I say it's not as well marketed as Games Workshop, that isn't a slight on the WTC because Games Workshop is the the, the like the mother yeah, company, it's right? Fucking, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's the first point of call, but for everything, it's why you still see like Warhammer shops and all like you know fucking street corners and what have you. So I, I think if you're starting up a singles event, you're probably just going to end up using this. If you're in a well-established singles event, you probably just end up using this unless you're certain events in Europe, which have a basis upon being practiced for the WTC. A good example being a lot of the singles events that happen in the UK between May and July, right? Mm -hmm. Where a lot of the players that go are just practicing for the WTC. So I feel most of the time you're going to see these kinds of setups rather than the WTC ones, especially considering they're also a lot more accessible. Um, with the terrain keywords, you can stick down like you know little bits of terrain, say for the obsec. Whereas with the WTC ones, you need a lot more terrain to place those boards down, right? Whereas with these ones, you can get by on a lot 
on fewer pieces of terrain and still create an experience that players would find acceptable and enjoy. Right? It yeah. saves you money to TL. And I think, you know, we're looking at we're looking at two board layouts here. And the WTC pack has, has vastly more than two boards in it. So it's difficult to directly compare uh, because the WTC exists to give you a full range. The, the board table selection is an important part of WTC as much as army so, selection is, I think. Yeah. You know, so you know, having having boards that are intentionally a bit sparse and boards that are intentionally a bit too dense is very much a part of uh, of how the WTC works, and it's a it's a fun piece of the strategy that you know people go there and it helps <clears throat> add another layer to the game. Whereas what did end up happening was a lot of people would jump on TTS and just pick the dense WTC board layout because it was there and available. Uh, and it ended up kind of skewing things because you didn't have what was intended to be a, 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 a breadth of different densities. Uh, whereas this, we're looking at just two boards. They're not too dense. They're not, not, they're not light either. I think they're just there in the middle. They're never going to please everybody because they're kind of just there or thereabouts, right? And everyone's going to be coming from different sides. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, like I think uh, I think it's it's the it's the number one question of the day. What terrain do you use? How do you use it? Maybe that's just really relevant to me because I'm hosting forty k events and I'm I'm building the terrain for it. So maybe it's super relevant. But like Nick was playing here last night on our terrain and he actually dropped two pieces of terrain from a table's worth of setup that I'd done. Right, so they look uh, sick, by the way. Those boards that Nikos put on Twitter. If you haven't seen them yet, go and have a look at Nikos's Twitter. Well, they're not painted yet, but like, but, bit, but no, but bit the, living the setup Nick, picture up at all, to be honest. But like, uh, okay. different... <laughs> but the setup looked really good, though. The setup oh, looked yeah. really good. I wouldn't worry yeah. about like, you know, you can you can tell what you're aiming for, which is the same reason why I think we can credit Games Workshop here. We can tell what they're mm -hmm. aiming for, and we don't necessarily expect them to get it right first time. But this is a good first step, and it shows their intent, which which is fantastic. Yeah, that's true. It does. It does show at least intent, uh, which is good. Um, uh, let me know if you need a Seaver in the Elder War. I need all of it, Shadow Sun. I'll message you later. Uh, okay. Um, active judging is the last thing to talk about. Uh, I think is the last thing to talk about in uh, in a large scale tournament. Doing some active judging is going to be a thing that they're going to need to do. That's going to be pretty key. And America's kind of suffered from a lot of gates generally at the top end. And I wonder, um, like running your own event that's going to be a little bit that's going to be a tough call for them as a as a as a company because they don't want to disenfranchise a customer because when an independent guy does it you can still keep buying those models from gw but when when the company say that you're a cheat oh boy uh mm. like it's a different that's a yeah it's a different port of call so are they going to be saying people are cheats though that's the thing like i don't know if they'll go that far no what was it term they used? quite word i just want to say now that villain now that Bill and Melinda are splitting up, we've got far fewer gates, so it's okay at the top. Well, I mean, we might get more gates. He could remarry and have more kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more gates everywhere, yeah. All the gates. gates at the top, yeah. What do you think, Nick? I think that, obviously, they haven't got... So, uh, ITC have a more structured approach to their refereeing. They've got rules and regulations, whereas Games Workshop is a little bit more loose. I think it'll be fine as long as they get the right people doing the judging. You need a particular type of person who's strong-willed and uh, not afraid of saying uh, uh, you need some a proper truth to someone. Not necessarily <laughs> a dickhead, but like you know, you need you need a strong-willed character who's not afraid to like uh, have a little bit of confrontation with someone to say, "Look, this is not okay. I'm giving you this," rather than you know, 
uh, yeah, so as long as they get the right people doing it, I can't see there being a huge problem with it. Um, basically, that's my opinion. Yeah, okay. Uh, Logan, you, you've got probably more experience than maybe any of us like from uh, professional like esports slash sporting events like this. Like, how do you feel that? How do you feel as the company hosting the event? <sighs> they're gonna they're gonna manage. Um, I mean, judging is a very is not a thing that you really have to deal with a great deal in esports, to be honest with you, because it's a it's a digital game. So like much harder to cheat. Yeah, I mean, and you do have it though because people are still using like hacks in lands and stuff, and Adderall. you know, well, there's no drug testing yet, but yeah, everyone's on fucking Adderall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you get stuff in CS:GO where people are using like plugins and stuff, that, and yeah, it gets exposed. Yeah, it's like that um, Forsaken guy in India a few years ago, right? He just got almost like a plugin in his mouse. And they have they have a zero tolerance thing. It's just yeah, yeah, catch you. The the problem is judging, and this is always the problem with Warhammer. There's so many rules that are so poorly written that everyone always is going to get a bit of leeway, right? On is it a mistake or are you cheating? Because you know, there's always bits and pieces that you can kind of go in between. There's there's are you in, I, I saw you roll that dice behind the, the wall and it wasn't what you said it was or you, you know you picked up that saying it was a hit and it was a one um, and thankfully now that we've got HD streaming we can catch people doing that okay, yep. 1080p, 1080p. Yeah. We, do, uh, we do have in this path I think there's a specific reference saying that they don't really make a, a difference between if you mess up a rule you mess up a rule right they still yeah. enforce it at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're playing your rules properly and correctly. Yeah, but they can't it's even write the rules properly and correctly. So I mean, it's just going to mean that no one's going to play AdMech because everyone's going to get their rules wrong. <laughs> the, other, the other issue I have as well is, you know, the severity of punishments um, and how they, how they deal with that because, um, you know, that's something that's not really been explored at all in, in the Games Workshop competitive community in general, I don't think. Like they haven't really got any standards or like um, precedents for that kind of thing, yeah. and it, it's very new. Whereas if you've got something like Magic, they've got yeah. like sliding scales on relevance of game, and so if you know if they cut, if they catch you on the the O and five board and you've done something wrong, then your punishment is not going to be as severe as guy right. playing in the in the final single limb bracket who gets caught cheating. You know, so um, okay, but I it's didn't interesting. know that. I didn't know that. That's that's very interesting. Like, yeah, they have a sliding but, scale in Magic. So I assume that like the thing that we we saw with TJ, who's like uh, a guy called TJ Lanigan, caught cheating <coughs> basically a, a yeah. few months ago. Like he he was the top of the ITC rankings at the time. He'd been to many events. So you assume if he's cheating at one event, you assume he's cheating at all. It may not have been, but there's the assumption, and you can't not make it. Mm. And therefore, uh, thanks, Final Cookie, for resubscribing. Big love to you. Um, and I guess uh, the rule scale is based on the event, not where you are. Says so uh, King Clagan. Thank you very much, Callaghan. King Callaghan. Thank thanks. Um, the, but the uh, yeah. So you would assume, you would assume that like he should be treated more harshly than some guy they found like on the bottom tables. I hadn't even thought about that. I thought it was about equal punishment for all. But I guess if you're like more well known then i guess you have to like uh, and i and i quite like that as well because the impact of your cheating is is, is is significantly different and that kind of builds in the that builds in the responsibility on the top players to know their rules if i'm yep. a casual player who just wants to come and push the models around and i've gone 0 and 5 in the tournament and i get my rules wrong 
what, like what's the point in banning me from going to another event so I can go home five again? Like, but what if what if you've got what if you're in the last round? Yeah, and you're on the bottom table, and, mm. and well, you've got two people fighting it out. They're both zero four, and one of them really wants to get one win, and the other person cheats. Mm. Like, I think I really think like in that situation, you should apply the same punishment at that level to the top tables, like because it's a bit unfair, I think, on that person who's denied. It depends what the it depends what the crime is, right? Because there's so many things in this game that are considered cheating that can be that can be legitimate mistakes. You know, I mm. I, I get a rule wrong, I misinterpret a rule. I forget something, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm using an old version of something, you know. There, but what I mean, what what I mean there's is, there's loads like... of ways in which it can be unintentional. So that's my point. In that, it's not the impact because I agree. Like okay, yeah, uh, ruin, yeah. ruining someone's game is ruining someone's game. Mm. But if you're on the top table and you're a, a pro player and you have yeah, a platform, you should know better. And you're selling coaching to people and you're putting the word out there and what have you. Yeah. And you're up there and you're on the stream and there's thousands of people watching you. And everyone in stream chats talking about you cheating and and what like it has a much bigger effect, a wider effect. And there's there, yeah. there's more responsibility on you than I feel there is on yeah someone playing on a, on a lower table. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's, I agree it's, with it's, that. it's 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 difficult to it's difficult for it to be like a binary thing, right? It's it's always going to be like a sliding scale, various yeah. degrees of grey. Um, and and as um, Neil mentioned in the chat as well, is it going to be like Mike Brandt zero tolerance? strategy or is it going to be games workshop oh well doesn't you know naughty we'll have a, naughty we'll have a word with you off screen yeah uh, maybe potentially yeah it's, it's an interesting one i hadn't thought about the sliding scale thing previously mm. it hadn't really occurred to me but you're right i think the, it should be harsher punishment if you're in the kind of uh in the mm. public eye on that particular category mm. i think that seems really fair and really relevant um uh to be honest and i think also the more it gets called out the more people just have to nut up and learn their rules because yeah. none of us really want to properly do it do we we kind of <laughs> want to be like oh i think i remember like everyone no one wants to put the like what are you doing i'm gonna spend three hours studying my rules no one's going through that mm-hmm. like you know uh so yeah i think uh, i think that seems really fair interesting interesting was there anything else in the event packs that you guys saw that you thought was uh something you wanted to talk about uh, or was of, of any relevance at all? No, but I can think of off the top of my head, mate, now. Okay. And you guys got anything? Nick? Logan? Um, not, not regarding this specifically, no. I think that's, that's about it, really. I think it's good that, good that we're seeing this, this happen. It's a good thing that it's happening. The execution might leave some to be desired, but we're in an era where Games Workshop are willing to you know, go back and revise things and not leave them for three years and then come back to it later. Like things are changing, they're patched, they're balanced, they're addressed. If they if they fuck something up, they might not admit they fucked it up, but they'll try and remedy it at least. So yeah, uh, that's why I'm kind of yeah a bit more confident in them being more hands on with the tournament scene because they seem to actually give a shit about it being executed well. Hundred percent. And even man, like as a first try, I still think not bad. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nick, it is funny that they're all in Florida, Texas, and Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Walker Walker's is making it point in the chat. They have held it in all of the COVID hotbeds. Although it, there's something <laughs> crazy like the, the vaccination rate over there is pretty high. Um, so I mean, they just also, they just let they just um, in New York they just completely removed all of the COVID restrictions because they hit seventy percent vaccination. Yeah, yeah. They hit they hit seventy percent vaccination level, which is enormous. So. 
No, Tom, mm. the events are in the South in, in some states. No, no, of... I was, the policy is in New York, which I remember being as like one of the hotbeds right at the start because it's just a dense city, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was, but they're, they're, they've now hit 70% vaccination, so they're like in a good spot. Joe, Joe Pagano from the Rage of Sigma rang me today. He's based in New York. Um, and so, yeah, everyone's had loads of vaccination, so that's solid. Okay, well, um, I mean, it's an interesting, it's kind of interesting time. There's been a lot to digest about the event pack and about the way it was working. No Chesscox was also the other one that came up um, and was uh, like, and seems to have been mm. a hot, hot button issue for some people. Um, but like, I don't really have a dog in the race on the, the Chesscox situation. Uh, as long as I never have to play that Italian guy again, I had to play the one time. I'm, <laughs> I'm super happy. Uh, yeah, there's three models. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he had loads. Have you guys got any any thoughts about the chesscocks or Nick? You got feeling on the chesscocks in events, mandatory or not? Um, I don't necessarily think that they should be mandatory, but I think it would be nice if they put something in, which quite a lot of events do, where if one person wants to use a clock, then both people have to use a clock. Mm. But I can understand why Games Workshop wouldn't put once put in their pack because it is more casual friendly than other independent events so they don't want to scare people off so people go oh god i might have to play on a chess clock um yeah. if someone wants to that might put people off so i can understand it not being in the games workshop one the problem with chess clocks is like as a hard and fast rule they're useless but they provide um Secure. a Secure. sense of they provide a sense of i have to actually be mindful of time because yeah. you can't you can't realistically run a chess clock and get to the end of your time and definitively say it's your fault that, that your time's been used up. And that, that actually happened That actually happened to me in a tournament. <laughs> I've, I've only ever played one tournament game with a chess clock and it was because yeah. my opponent wanted to use a chess clock. He, he brought a chess clock with him. He wanted to use it. And I got timed out with like 20 minutes to go. But I, I fought my corner and said, look, I'm not having it. We've got 20 minutes to go. Let's finish the game. Because he was asking me loads of questions yeah. during my turn and then or you have to be the prick that says, oh, you want to ask me a question? Right, boom. Yeah, ask me, and, we, ask me a question. And, and both of us kept forgetting <coughs> at times to swap the clock around. Yeah. I was like, well, this happened, this happened. So I'm not, I'm not having you time me out because of this. Like, so I kind of fought my corner. So yeah, like it wasn't, I didn't allow him to use it as a definitive, your time yeah. out, that's it. But as a, as a tool that it makes a you good guy. conscious of the yeah. time, I think it's fine because, the, you know, people, you can you can get caught up in having a nice chat or, you know, taking too long, just thinking about the possibilities of what I can do and what you can do and where that, you know, you can, you can, you could definitely burn up a good half an hour in a game doing that. And the chess clock kind of makes you more aware that you're doing it. So as so, it's all like that, I think it's useful. In, in this, they do actually have, a, I believe they have a time scale, right? I saying you should ideally be taking this amount of time on this turn, this amount you of time. Do. This, yeah, yeah. So it yeah, it's 20 minutes obvious, the first two, but at least it's 10 minutes yeah. after that. At least it's clear they've thought about it, right? And mm. I feel like they think, but they don't think it should be necessary, but maybe it's something that they'll have to implement over time if it does become an issue. I can't wait to see people doing training montage, setting themselves a timer, like 20 minutes, go, my turn, my turn, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then, and then pressing the button again. Uh, I think that's... Oh, mate, the amount of mind games you can pull just by having a chess clock on the board is ridiculous. Mind games all day. Again, referencing street chess, I don't want to be that guy and just push and push that idea. <laughs> But there's, there's no real policy for how we talk to each other on the tabletop either. And you can be very aggro on the tabletop or very a bunch of different things on the tabletop if you want it to be. Uh, and I think we're going to see more of that in the future. I'd be very excited to see that actually between two top players giving each other loads of spiel. I think that would be really fun 
to hear some mic'd up commentary on that. But uh, there we go. All right, well, uh, that's it. That's all we got time for today. Mainly all I've got time for because I got to do a load of fucking painting. So uh, <laughs> I got to get back, my nose back to the grindstone. Uh, but Logan still talk about Logan. You're not super happy about the uh, Admet Codex. Are you still? not happy with that or um i think there's definitely it? a few things they fucked up in that book um 20 20 20 model unit size was a mistake um the skitari marshall being able to get the reroll ones to hit relic on a 45 point model was a mistake um ignore cover as an upgrade for five points a unit that was a fucking mistake <laughs> Um, the Taraxi stratagem just was written by a, I don't know, I don't know. It's like written by like a six-year-old in primary school. <laughs> <coughs> and what's the other thing? Uh, probably just the price, uh, the price point on the the Balistari is is probably a bit low. But yeah, the they haven't really thought out the 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 main thing for me is having eight-point models that you can lay multiple buffs on. And this was already a problem with Admic because they were just they, they they were just incredibly efficient at layered buffs, so that they were not paying the you know the equivalent points cost of the the effectiveness of the model uh, after those buffs. And now that you can build them up to 20, 20 model units, and none of the relevant stratagems are like one CP for ten, two CP for twenty. They're just there you go, and aura buffs and what have you. Those 20-man, 160-point units are putting out like 400, 500 points worth of, uh, of shooting. They're doing, they're doing like Dark Eldar assault damage, but at 36-inch range. It's insane. Yeah, they, seem, they seem to have forgotten that philosophy since the Death Guard Codex because they're like massively hammered, like Cloud of Fly strategy. And they're like, if you want to do this on Terminators, 4 CP. But then <laughs> you want to spam something on a massive 20-man blob, 1 CP. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And they're just so dirt cheap. It's ridiculous, yeah. So, yeah, again, I feel like it was just, you know, a playtesting issue. Um, easily fixed. I'd imagine they'll, they'll do something because that, that aspect of them is a bit fucked up. Maybe um, all the playtesters are just too busy winning tournaments with <laughs> prior knowledge of other codexes to actually playtest properly. I'll tell you uh, what, the thing I'm most excited about, like, so uh, looking at Nick's friend Andy's Grey Knights last night, um, uh, they were oh. just beautiful. And I'm just excited to see some games play, man hear some stories like whatever those may be uh, and i get that there's like we've had a lot of like play coming from america and tts at the minute while the world opens up but it's not long next six months a year where we all get to go back to events and play games and i'm just i'm generally very excited about that whatever the state Same. of play is yeah whatever the state Same. of play is for 40k um and also i'm actually excited for just like the more professionalization of it like i think that there were some real teething problems four or five years ago for large-scale events and now hopefully we're going to see smaller like we're going to see other events like take like precedence and start working super hard alliance open guys i'm sure they haven't been sat on their haunches and they're going to be doing uh some big events and they're going to be some really solid events as well so i think that's actually quite exciting for for everyone basically so looking forward to it myself all right well thanks you three for hanging out today it's been super lovely um uh you've been great uh you need some antihistamines logan i'm gonna make sure you're okay I need my, I need my, I need my brown inhaler. I'm fucked, mate. Bless you. Um, and then uh, Nick and Tom, thanks for hanging out today. You guys got any plat 40k plans this week? Um, I, no, I, I do. Oh, oh what, you what do? are you doing, Nick? So James Workshop practice day this Sunday. I've got Paul and Andy coming round. 
for an intense coaching session before the event of the following weekend. So uh, Andy and Paul are going to play two games at my house while I'm going to be uh, get a whip and we whipping them like roll faster. And if they get a roll <laughs> on, punch no. them in the face, kick them in the nuts. Wow! So really, kick get them in. Is it going to be like um, fucking? Hell, what's that film with the drumming in? Oh, uh, oh, damn! Not Nightcrawler. It came out the same time as Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Are you going to yeah. be like that guy? Yeah. Whiplash. With the what? Whiplash. That's going to be you. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like, weird that you went for Whiplash. Like, you, you've given Nick a, like, a ton of like psychotic respect. You think Nick <laughs> is like a darkly twisted human. You didn't just give him like an old Irish drunk Rocky montage. Like, <laughs> Come on! <laughs> you could have given him the guy from Dodgeball and instead you go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always have to go a bit tougher. <laughs> Tom, what about you? You got any forty k plans this week? Not at all. No, I think we're scrimming Canada, so we're doing pairings for that tomorrow. But we've got to play our games. Uh, that should be fun. Apart from that, I'm just painting Ogre More Tribes, so I can play some AOS when AOS three drops. Okay, and nice. that's it. Logan, yeah. you got any? You're you're away again, aren't you? I'm not away again until the twenty sixth. So I'm going to be um, nice. trying to paint Space Marines for my eventual return in August. Whoa. To, to a custom Whoa. skit. Yeah. Oh, comrade. I can't wait. <laughs> Official Games yeah. Workshop miniatures only, by the way. Uh, yep. Only, only 100%. Oh, well, I'm off to paint... Uh, all those uh, heavy uh, intercessors. Uh, un- unofficial Games Workshop um, uh, 40k terrain. So mm. uh, just don't know what to say about that other than it looks really good. Like, uh, yeah. like Just I'm, underscore Nikos for the preview on Twitter. Don't, look nice. Don't look at it. Don't look. It's not painted. Oh, do you know what I did notice actually about the Games Workshop terrain pack that we didn't talk about? There's no fucking L-shaped ruins on there. No. I know. Seas. <laughs> it's now about seas. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked us all up. That's clever. Wait, should someone say the word seas? Yeah. I'm already. Yeah, upset. they've seized the initiative on the terrain uh, market. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening to Honest War Gamer, uh, and I hope you guys have a great day. See you soon. <laughs> Goodbye.